Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Three, maybe a fourth. They're coming out of his beat six and seven. Top the moment is by the ninth. Oh, wow. No, no, no. Well, for the 41st and final time in season 2022, Supercoach 365 podcast back for round 25. Ryan Selvage and Tommy Hudson with you to do it one last time. Tommy, we're looking forward to all the footy this weekend, but as sad as it is, um, because we're wrapping up Supercoach 365 podcast week to week, we won't be doing it. Yeah, good day, mate. Uh, it's been a long season. I think we we first recorded one of these podcasts back in January. So, yeah, it's, it's been a long time, but... I think we'll start to miss it only a few weeks after Supercoach is finished. You know, the games won't have as much meaning for the diehards like us. And then after that, of course, only a month. uh, Well, it's the pointy end of the season, isn't it? The NRL finals. We'll get four weeks of quality footy, and then we have to sit through the Big Bash. There'll be about a 1,000 games of Big Bash to look over the summer. Um, You've got here in the notes, back for one final time tonight. Is it the final time ever? Well, if it is, it may be because of... Tristan's either pulled the sponsorship or he's all than happy to throw more dollars at us next year because we're either robbing him or he's going to make a monster office. Of course, I'm speaking of the big Supercoach 365. The season multi, it goes on the line this weekend. It sure does. Uh, for those who don't remember, it was the Storm top four. We need them to beat the Eels Thursday night. Uh, the Roosters to finish top six. They pretty much need to beat South on Friday. And the Sharks top eight and the Knights missing the top eight has already been done for a while. So it comes down to two games. Uh, it was $7 at the start of the year. It'd be considerably less now, but probably not as easy as we thought it might have been. Yeah, it's been a tough watch, hasn't it? We've sort of ridden the emotions, the highs and lows. The Roosters, the team that we thought would have been a, a sure thing to finish in the top six, they're thereabouts just by the skin of their teeth at the moment on that. If you had your chance, if you had your time over now, would you be happy to take both the Storm and the Roosters this weekend? Or if you could get into uh, you know, the other way around it, the, the Eels and the Rabbits, which way would you want to be on? Are you confident with our multi uh, as it stands? I'm not confident. They're both 50-50 games, and obviously we'll chat about them in a bit more depth soon. But it's really funny how it's come down to you know the last two games of the year basically mattering for the whole bet. So... Fingers crossed, and if anyone listening or watching got on the bet, good luck to you as well. Speak of the devil, and I, I promise you, hand on heart, this is true. Tristan from topsport.com.au, he's just messaged through. I said, mate, any final comments ahead of the weekend? Uh, anything you want to add in? He says, boys, I've just got uh, out of church. I've been praying, and I don't know if this is true. He says, I've just left church. I've been praying. I was praying that a heap of Roosters players were going to be rested, but not to be the case. So, Tristan, maybe he's feeling a little bit nervous just as much as we are this weekend as well. So, we have to uh, take that with a grain of salt. But no, he's a, he's a good sport, Tristan. So, uh, whatever way it lands this weekend, uh, fair play to uh, either him or us and the punters who got on with us. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I kind of hope Melbourne win. Obviously, I hope Melbourne win on Thursday. But it'd be good to have that final game, South versus Roosters, to see you know if we do win or not. So all the best with it. Hopefully, we can get through. Fingers crossed. And of course, uh, this is a Supercoach podcast. So we'll get into that now. But good place to start there. We've been writing that one for eight or nine months. Uh, speaking of Supercoach, let's wrap it up. One round left. Uh, we'll check in with our ranks and our scores from last week. Myself, personally, a disappointing 11 uh, I dropped a 1,000 spots, so not what you want to be doing this time of year. Uh, still sitting top 5%, but again, that's pretty low to where we want to be playing. Yeah, I went up slightly, up 119 spots. Uh, 17.01 with one week left. I really wanted to be top 1,000, and I was there for most of the year, up quite high at some stages, but mm. really fallen off the last you know month or so. So it's looking unlikely unless we get some big scores this week. Yeah, we'll be needing those, and uh, it all starts on Thursday with one of those important games for us and our season multi, the Eels and the Storm. We're going to get into our season previews very soon. Before we do, though, Tommy, little prelude, of course, as well as all the action from round 25, which we'll look at in just a matter of moments. Our Player of the Year awards. We did this last year. We're going to do it again tonight. Uh, big thanks to everyone who jumped on the Instagram story in the last uh, day uh, to have their say on that, and a bit of fun coming up in the back half of the podcast. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we play this game hard for the whole year. We'd be remiss of us not to, I guess, honour the people who have done the best and done the worst for us. So looking forward to that. Stick around for that. As we say, back end of the podcast, we'll go through all of the award winners and more than 10,000 votes as well in the space of 24 hours. So big thanks to everyone who jumped on there. At Supercoach365, the place where you would have found that. You'll find us again this week and uh, heading into next year with all of the off-season news, season previews and such. Uh, before we know it, the 2023 season will be upon us. But before that, Tommy, Thursday night, the last Thursday night game of the year, of course, the finals from Friday through till Sunday. So enjoy your Thursday night footy this week, and we will. We're going to head out to this one. The Eels and the Storm, Combank Stadium, the venue. Surprisingly, I thought here with topsport.com.au, the Eels outside is at home, and they have it all to play for, don't they? A top four finish. Yeah, they do. It's like the finals come early, really. The winner of this comes fourth. Um, we'll talk about this first. Do you think coming fourth is a massive advantage? Obviously, you get a second bite at the cherry, which is huge. Mm. But you do have to play away to Penrith round uh, week one instead of, you know, home to maybe the Raiders. So it's a bit of a different uh, ball game. Yeah, and I guess depending on what happens with the Cowboys and the Sharks this weekend, I don't know if you want to be going away um, week, five, or week three of a prelim to either take on the uh, Cowboys in Townsville or even the Sharks at Allianz. So finishing fifth, you get the home final week one. Then you get the second uh, second week of the final. Again, you're going to be away, but it's not a, a prelim final to win into a grand final. The Storm, they have the experience. So I think they'll be happy to finish fourth or fifth. It won't matter to them. But the Eels, that home, that home crowd advantage in week one, that could be a real boost for them playing at Combank uh, in a do-or-die final. It could, but I guess also Eels fans will say that they've beat Penrith twice this year, so they maybe they wouldn't be too scared of uh, getting them in week one. Uh, they're going pretty well, to be honest. I think the last two weeks they scored over 40 points, 50 against the Broncos. Uh, yep. If you have Brown and Moses, as people might have got them in late in the year, they've been getting big scores every week and are really treading their owners to some, some green arrows, I'd imagine. Yeah, um, Brown, of course, he's been doing good things at 5'8", and Moses coming back after that broken thumb, uh, proving a real asset in Nathan Cleary's absence. Uh, a popular player Cleary would have been, and that trade Cleary to Moses would have been a popular one as well. Obviously, uh, not to be as it turned out. Speaking of popular players, Cameron Munster, he's probably let us down in the last couple of weeks. Just a 21 last week against the Roosters. It was a high-quality game, so not really a game where Supercoach points were free-flowing, but... Uh, again, he's going to be a name we speak about at the back end of the pod in our Player of the Year. Hard to fold him against the Roosters team, which is just soaring at the moment. No, exactly right. It was a really good game, as we say there, and often that means lower Supercoach scores, as we said, all season. But he does kind of have a, a quite a low score in him, Munster. I think there's been a few times this year where he's gone, you know, 30 or less. So I guess that's something to be aware of heading into next year. We will, and of course, I think he's been benefited in recent weeks as well by moving to fullback. So, um, I don't know. Anyway, we'll keep an eye on that heading into next year. Um, of course, the Eels there, just to recap, $2.02 and two outsiders with topsport.com.au. The Storm favourites, $1.82, and that line, just one and a half, uh, $1.90 each of two there. Friday night footy, 6pm uh, kickoff. 
Canterbury Bankstown Bulldogs at a core stadium uh, up against the lowly uh, Manly Seagulls at the moment. If they get more than 6,000 to this game, I'll be shocked um, because just happening across town, and we'll get to it very soon, arguably one of the bigger games of the year. Uh, before that, though, the Dogs and Manly, they go at it, 6 p.m. kickoff. The Dogs' favourites here, $1.48, topsport.com.au. Never would I have thought I've seen this um, rewind six or eight weeks when Manly were the talk of the town. Yeah, there's some absolute rubbish games this week. I'll try to be positive about them, but really, it, it's quite hard, and this is one of them. Um, the Dogs are still trying, though, I reckon. I, I think they did okay against the Sharks the other night, held them to just 16. They couldn't score themselves, but they, they hung in that game the whole way through with the team who's going to finish second. So not a bad effort. But yeah, Manly, on the other hand, as you're saying there, you know, six weeks ago, we were saying how good their running is. We wanted players like Garrick, Terry Evans, perhaps. All these are their backs cooler, maybe even what's happened they've just been smashed every week so it's been very disappointing from that point and i just want to make sure i'm certain before i say this but from that point i think they've lost six straight games and we said it was the easiest run of any team we talked up manly we talked up the cowboys and manly jeez uh they're on a six game losing streak so not the way it panned out for them just a bit of team news here Tavita Pangai Jr. back on the uh, bench here. You say they're still trying for Manly. KO Weeks. Now, we spoke about Josh Schuster last week being a, a prospect either at fullback or rather at 5'8 uh, next year with Kieran Foran moving on. I think this kid, KO Weeks, is in with a real shot. He'll play fullback this week. Cooler moves back to the centers. Um, but for mine, keep an eye on KO Weeks because he's been a star in the junior reps. and I'm, I'm tipping him for big things. Yeah, interesting. I don't know much about him, but I actually thought Cooler went quite well there against the Raiders the other day. They were they were smashed, but Cooler looked probably their only player who had a real go. Um, so interesting, maybe Dez is just trying to look to the future when Turbo is injured, as he seems to be quite a bit, who would take over. Yep. Uh, but yeah, probably just looking at the betting here, $1.48 the Dogs, $2.65 Manly. I'd probably be with the Dogs still at minus 6.5. I just think they don't have much to play for either, but just at home, last game of the year, they might get up for it. Over under 54.5, so plenty of points. They're tipping out there at Accor Stadium, but uh, in towards the eastern suburbs. A rivalry as old as the game itself, the Roosters and the Rabbitohs. Uh, $1.80 here, the Roosters' favourites. So again, the multi. Look, it's 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 far from a good thing this weekend. The Rabbitohs, $2 outsiders. This ticket, it is the hottest in town. It's sold out. They'll be hanging from the rafters. And the Roosters, um, they'll be doing their best to end their season on a, on a high note after what they've shown the last month or six, seven weeks. Yeah, absolutely. It's probably They're already in the finals, both these teams now, after their wins last week. So it's not a must-win game. But I think for both of them, they've got a fair bit of momentum, sorry. And they won't want to go into the finals on the back of a loss against their bitter rivals. So it should be awesome. And the new stadium as well. That looks great. Yeah, it's an absolute beauty. Be sure to check it out if you can. Obviously not at this game, it's sold out. But if you're into the Wallabies or the Matildas, you can jump on uh, on the Saturday or the next Tuesday. Just looking here at the team news, uh, Roosters a couple out. Lindsay Collins, Daniel Tupo, Radley all out injured. Uh, Damien Cook, there was talk that he was going to turn up five days after... Uh, he's tested positive to COVID, so they're going to let him have a little bit more of a rest before the finals. And Campbell Graham out as well. So um, a game that uh, has plenty of stars still, but a couple out that we'll be watching on. Yeah, who do you think fares worse from this? I don't think Collins is the biggest loss ever. I think they can cover him. Yep. Tupo and Radley are definitely two of their strike players, especially Tupo with those high kicks across the field. But then Damien Cook's a massive loss for South. And even though they beat the Cowboys the other night, I thought they were pretty poor. Yeah. Um, they scraped through, didn't they? They did just enough. Just on Radley. Now, I think he came back from either injury or suspension, one of the two. But I don't think they've lost a game since. So that just t- tells you what he does to that team. And again, probably doesn't get the raps he does. And, you know, he gets the, the talk for his, you know, big tackles and hard hitting and such. But it, it is what he does with the ball and obviously frees up his outside men. So the Roosters, they will uh, feel the impacts of that one there. Give us a tip, Tommy. Are you tipping with your wallet, your top sport account, or are you just rather be on Souths? They've probably just got maybe a little bit less pressure on them this weekend. I'm going to say Roosters. I just think Cook's a big out. I think Roosters proved the other night how well they're going to beat Melbourne away. So, yeah, Roosters. But Latrell just quickly on him, another 78, I think, last week again. So he's just been awesome. And he's putting his his name forward next year to be almost a must-have from the start of the season. Definitely. And injury aside, I think he would have been there 
Uh, was he injured to start the year? Suspended? One of the two. Suspended after this game last year when he hit Manu. Yeah, exactly right. And then obviously came back and was injured soon after. So Latrell definitely one to watch and one that will get a big rap at the back end of the podcast when we start talking about best fullbacks of the year. Uh, moving on, Saturday afternoon footy. This is all but a nothing game as well, isn't it? This will be a game of Oztag, the Warriors and the Titans. The over-under here, as I read it, 56 and a half. Uh, Warriors back at Mount Smart Stadium in Auckland. That'll certainly help their cause and their favourites here with Top Sport. $1.50 head-to-head. Yeah, um, not much from a Supercoach point of view really here. I think the Warriors, you probably wouldn't have owned any players this year. I think there was that Valea mm. as a cheapie at one stage who was getting about 20 a week. But other than that, there hasn't been much. Uh, the Titans, though, there's a few more upside players there. Fafita's been good since coming back in the last few weeks. He's playing big minutes. He's scoring some tries. So maybe a few good signs ahead of next year. But uh, you'd still want to see a good off-season from him. Bo Furmore has been their best super coach asset the whole year, I think. And I think that's, you know, he came in about 330 or 50,000 thereabouts. Um, may have made some coin, lost some coin along the way. But when it's mattered most, he has proven a, a real threat, a try scoring threat as well. Um, you might be able to bring up his numbers there. What's he produced the last four, five, six weeks? He just constantly seems to be banging out scores of. 80 upwards, 90 upwards, and running down that left side outside uh, AJ Brimson, it's definitely the spot on the field where, as a Titans back rower, you'd probably rather be down that left edge. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, as you say with the Titans, you know, he's been their best player for value because you have David Fafita on that other edge. You're thinking he's going to get all the ball. But, you know, they go to the Furmore in the last three weeks, 93, 105, 84. He scored four tries in the last three weeks five tries in the last four weeks so he's just mm. scoring tries at will he's a real strike player he doesn't have the biggest base in the world for a 2RF but amazing attacking uh, output from him I think what we liked him this time well at the start of the year I should say was his duel and the ability to play in the centres I don't think he's going to get that next year so as a super coach proposition, probably a slight knock, but again, for what he's achieved this year, take nothing away from Bo Fermor. And I'll say it, he will play Origin next year. They will put him in. I was big on him this year. I was big on Carrigan. You saw what Carrigan done. He went on to be the player of the series. I wouldn't be shocked if Bo Fermor was player of the series next year. That's how good he he can be. I think he's he's very similar to Nanai in a way. You know, he's that dynamic sort of running back rower. Maybe Nanai has a little bit more X factor about him, but I do agree. I think he'd do a job at Origin level. Righto, let's move on. The Dragons and the Broncos. This one, 5.30pm from Netstrata Jubilee Stadium in Sydney. Uh, the old Cogra Stadium, that one. Uh, $2.35 Dragons outside as the Broncos. I'm actually surprised by this. $1.60 favourites. They have shown nothing. And uh, it seems to be a little bit off whatever they're drinking up there at Brisbane. The 4X has gone sour, I think. Yeah, I think it was uh, five weeks ago they were coming fourth heading into a game against the West Tigers, and they lost against the Tigers. And really, ever since then, it's just been complete disaster. Um, mm. They've lost, They've sorry, they conceded 113 points in the past two weeks, which is just unbelievable. And that's pretty much meant that it's going to be very hard to see them make the finals now. No coincidences as well that they obviously lost that game to the Tigers, as disappointing as that was. I think the flow-on effects from that, Carrigan suspended for four weeks, has spiraled their season out of control. Um, what he adds through the middle can't be understated. He's back this week, so that certainly helps. You say here in the notes, maybe optimistically for Broncos fans, they need to win to force the Raiders to win on Sunday. And uh, you say here, winning by 43 points, he would force the Raiders to do a number uh, on their opponents this weekend. I can't see the Broncos winning by 43, but Brisbane could certainly make it interesting. I think they'll bounce back here. I think, like you said there, Carrigan's a big in. Cobbo's back, although he was just dropped for form, I think. And Reynolds has been named, and you'd think he'd be doing everything to play in a must-win. And Saints aren't, aren't much good. So I think Brisbane here. Um, I don't think... I guess I'll feel their Supercoach players have been disappointing lately. I think Stags most of the year, has gone under underwhelming. Uh, Payne Haas, probably not the player we expected from a Supercoach point of view. So yeah. yep. food for thought for next season. More than fair to say both of those things. Uh, 
Brisbane, yeah, it certainly let us down this year. Some of those players that had potential but just didn't kick on. Um, we'll leave that game there, and obviously all eyes then on the next game, Saturday night, rounding us out on Super Saturday. What should have been an absolute top four blockbuster, it won't be that because Penrith, as good as they've been this year, they have the luxury to rest players. They've chosen to rest a dozen of them, and potentially those, uh, well, most probably those super coach assets that are going to hurt us as well. Taylor May, Isaac Tungo, Viliami Kikau, and Isaiah Yo, they're all going to be watching on from the sidelines. Um, not the news we wanted to see when we opened up the NRL.com team list this afternoon. No, it's definitely not. You know, the four of those blokes are very highly owned, so it's going to be hurting people, especially if you have no trades left, which I don't think many do at this stage of, of the year. But. Mm. Yeah, look, like you said, you know, this game, first versus third or second, should have been one of the games of the year, but Penrith $6.70, I don't think I've seen that for a number of years with topsport.com.au. Yeah, and they've got out from $4.50 this time yesterday. So I think the bookies, Tristan and co, just hedging their bets yesterday, who would be rested, who wouldn't. They've opened up the team list like well, you and I did this afternoon, and uh, Penrith on the drift right away. The Cowboys a dollar eleven the line minus nineteen and a half. So I mean that tells you everything you need to know about the Cowboys. Conversely though, let's look at this game positively from the Supercoach sense. You're looking at Drinkwater, Valentine Holmes, Murray Talungi, Thomas Dearden, a chance to come back. He's named in the reserves. So there is some positives for us to look towards this weekend if you are holding some Cowboys assets. Yeah they are in a round with probably not a lot of obvious standout performers i think some of these cowboys players could be uh, back at home against the team i i know penrith do aim up even when they have their young players in but it's it's far inferior to what the cowboys are rolling out so you'd have to think some of those high ceiling players could go big just on a, a look ahead to next year sean o'sullivan i think he's been superb for penrith he probably isn't the flashy number seven and most certainly isn't, you know, the dynamic highlights sort of player. But he could be exactly the halfback the Dolphins need next year. And pro- probably most likely the year after if they are to land a Munster or, you know, one of these other big halves off contract, be it a Ben Hunt or someone else. Because he's the steady hand, he plays his role nicely. And even without Nathan Cleary, they haven't missed a beat, Penrith, have they? Because he's just been exactly what they've needed and complimented Luai last week upon his return. I almost liken him to his opposite number here a little bit. Chad Townsend, you know, maybe Townsend's a class above O'Sullivan, but he's that sort of player, you know, that that steady, just does a job, lets the other players sort of be the stars, and he just steers the ship around. So, yeah, I do think he's a good signing for the Dolphins, definitely. Rightio, speaking of Chad Townsend, his former club here and the man that they replaced him with, Nico Hines, uh, up against the Newcastle Knights on Sunday afternoon. We sat here, you and I, last week, Tommy. We looked at Nico Hines against the Bulldogs, and we thought it was just uh, a moral that he would go big. It wasn't to be the case with the Sharks. A dollar twelve here with topsport.com.au. The Knights at home with not really much to play for. $6.25 outsiders. The line, 18.5. If Nico's going to go big and save our Supercoach weeks, well, that's probably the only way we're going to get a big score this week. Yeah, I guess. But at the same time, you know, I think everyone will throw the captaincy on him here. So, I mean, maybe the play this week, just trying to make up spots, is captain someone else and just hope he doesn't go big. Because I suppose last week, really surprising. I think he ended up with 66. So he got some big updates. But initially, he only finished on 40-odd, which is very low by the Heinz standards. Yeah, so probably lucky to finish that high in the end. He will uh, be lining up against his opposite halves pairing in uh, Phoenix Crossland and Adam Clune, so uh, not much experience nor flair amongst those two, uh, with the greatest of respects. Uh, the Sharks, they'll be happy to see here Dale Finucane come back if he is to play. He's named in the reserves. Um, McInnes, I thought he was back to near his best last week in that scrappy affair. It sort of suited his game down to a T, but they would welcome back their captain in Finucane uh, if he is to be there on uh, Sunday afternoon. Yeah, he's, he's the sort of player they need ahead of the finals. Like They've been coasting through a lot of this year, I think, the Sharks, especially the last few weeks, just beating lower-ranked teams, but not really beating them by much. So I wonder this week if they're looking to really make a statement ahead of the finals or just happy to get the win and maybe take off some of these big guns at halftime. Yeah, important though that, and I guess crucially for the Sharks, they get the luxury of seeing what the Cowboys do against Penrith. So then if they do get out to a lead and they're unassailable, suddenly then they can start to rest players like Nico Hines, 
um, give them a freshen up because they're going to know that they've got a, fi- a home final the next week back at uh, Shark Park um, and sitting pretty they will be because, again, they can just reduce that risk of um, liability heading into the finals. Yeah, I think that's a massive factor, especially with probably going to put the captain on Hines, or a lot of people will anyway. If you see him going off after 50 minutes, you'll be uh, kicking yourself. All right, consider that when you're making your captaincy choices this weekend. Um, and maybe, again, take into account what the Cowboys do against uh, the Panthers on Saturday night. First game, or rather the, the last game of the week, last game of the season. Uh, this one, the West Tigers up against Tommy's Raiders. And a big game for the Raiders. I think it's as simple as they win and they're in for the top eight. Um, again, they had the luxury of seeing how Brisbane fare earlier in the week. And the Raiders here expected to get the job done. $1.27. The Tigers outsiders at Leichhardt, $3.80. The line, 12 with topsport.com.au. Yeah, I mean, we should win, but I really think they'll still feel the pressure on Sunday if Brisbane do beat the Dragons. Uh, we usually beat the Tigers, but yeah, I'm pretty nervous still. Uh, big from the other day from the Raiders, one of their biggest scores, I think they put on in a couple of years, 48 against Manly. Tarpanay just continues to be a beast really uh, i'm sure we'll get to him in the awards section but yeah he's been the star of the show for camera this year by a long way yeah by a long way and we didn't really i mean i won't say we didn't expect it entirely probably the degree and the consistency which he's turned out we have been a little bit surprised by um but in terms of showing his potential and, and what he can achieve we saw glimpses of it in seasons gone by but again he's really taken his game to a new level this year this game has the feeling to me i think it was 2016 I think it was Raiders Tigers last week of the of the regular season. Jeez, we're going back a long way here. But the Raiders went to Leichhardt, and I think they put a number on them, didn't they? Was it sixty something? Yeah, in the fifties. It was the day everyone remembers this try that Lailua threw this mad ball to the Rapana. Oh, yeah. That's how I remember it anyway. So, look, if we can put on that sort of show, it'll be great, relaxing watch. But I don't know. The Tigers are they're a funny team. Some weeks they do aim up and cause a bit of mayhem but hopefully not this week anyway yeah and you said it yourself the uh, Tigers were the spoilers for the Broncos season they potentially could be again here for the Raiders um, come Sunday afternoon Nick Kotrick back for the Raiders um, and again you say here James Tarmow lol he gets his chance uh, at a home farewell I don't think it'll be a, a, a memorable occasion maybe a memorable occasion but for all the wrong reasons for the Tigers yeah, well, the Spoon's already wrapped up for them, so, I mean, they have nothing really to play for, nothing to lose. Does it make them dangerous, or will they just give up? Who would know? Yeah, watch on with interest that one. Sunday afternoon footy. All right, we're going to cut to a quick break. Courtesy of Top Sport, the other side, we're going to dive into our Player of the Year awards. I know you've all been waiting for that. Having a bet on sport this week? Top this. Whether you're into cricket and curling or golf and greyhounds, Top Sport will let you on for plenty. And with literally hundreds of markets from your own backyard to the international stage, Top Sport has you well covered. So if you want to get the top odds every time, bet with Top Sport. Top that. Download the app today. Top Sport. Feel the excitement. Don't let the game play. You stay in control. Gamble responsibly. Yes, welcome back. Supercoach 365 podcast brought to you by topsport.com.au, of course, a proud partner of the podcast this year, last year, and hopefully next year if we are going round again. Again, we might uh, make a decision on that in the off-season, so stay tuned for that. Um, speaking of our partners this year, of course, if you're still putting your tips in with top tippers, you are more resilient and more headstrong than Tommy and I are because we gave up on that a long time ago, but... Take nothing away from those who are. Uh, Be in touch with us at the end of this week if you do come first. I couldn't tell you who's coming first, but anyway, if you are, DM us on Instagram. We'll sort you out with your $500 prize, and whoever comes second end of the year uh, will sort you out with your NRL jersey of your choice as well, just in time for the finals. Um, So plenty to look forward to on that front as well. Speaking of handing out prize money we'll do our classic winners as well in our overall group again i'm going to say it the onus is on you to contact us because we've sort of done this the wrong way we haven't got anyone's details um so the reliance is on you if you want your 500 you know where to find us at supercoach 365 tommy before we get into the player of the year awards as we always do this is the part where we check in with the futures markets topsport.com.au the premiership winner the panthers on the back of that showing 
um, last week and the week prior when they've managed to win without Cleary still. $2.15 they are to take out the championship again. I thought the Storm were value last week, but given what I've seen from them against the Roosters and again what Panthers have shown us in the last fortnight, that $2.15, it looks a good bet still. Yeah, I'd have to still be with the Panthers. Uh, the Roosters into fourth favourite at $8.50. They've just come from nowhere. They were ninth a few weeks ago, and now they're one of the main chances. So really good from them. Still thinking the Parramatta Eels on their day could spring an upset, but they're probably going to have to win four games straight in the finals. So that's pretty hard. Yeah, and if they don't, then again, I mean, they'll be out week three most likely anyway, the Eels. Um, Roosters know the value there. The Sharks, I think I like them at the, if they are to finish second. I think that's important. I think they can win the comp if they finish second, but Penrith at $2.15 looks a good bet. Um, again, there's probably not too much else to look at here, but to make the grand final, um, $3 a Sharks, so value there. I think that's a, probably a value bet if they do finish second as well. And the Roosters, uh, surprisingly here, $3.60. Regardless of what happens this week, they're going to have to come from outside the top four, but they are the fourth favourites overall, so it shows you that momentum is a big thing this time of year. It definitely does, and the team with no momentum is really the Cowboys, I'd have to say, and they're likely to finish third now. If they had to finish second, they mm. definitely wouldn't have been the $5.50 to make the grand final that they are, because they would have got that nice home game in round one, a week one, and then potentially in week three. But it's going to be a different story now with probably getting the home game in week two. Massive, isn't it? Massive. And that's to think as well. Don't don't forget that they were the beneficiaries of that rort of a win against the Tigers a few weeks ago. So, I mean, the top two versus top three battle, that could have been sorted already. So they're probably lucky to even still be in that conversation. All right. Anyway, all of those markets, topsport.com.au. Check it out. The EPL, the NBA is back soon. Um, everything you could think of, uh, you can bet on it. Do so responsibly, topsport.com.au. Tommy, let's get into this. Our Player of the Year awards. As I say, big thanks to everyone who got involved. More than 10,000 people jumped on, or at least 10,000 votes um, across the awards. So big thanks to that. And I even think I got a DM from the Rugby League guru who said uh, he's doing a podcast on exactly this. He's taken our idea. He's going to give us some credit. But listen to this one. Wednesday morning, he's going to go through all of this. Talk our awards, the awards winners as well. So Rugby League Guru, check it out. Um, he obviously likes our idea here. Now, this wasn't one of the awards, but I want to kick us off on the negatives and focus on the positives towards the end. But the biggest flops of the year, let's start with who let us down most. Um, it's going to throw up some names here in no particular order, but probably have to start at the top with Tom Travojevic, don't we? Yeah, it depends, I guess, your definition of a flop. I mean, a lot of the players that have let us down were just injured and that, in super coach terms, it doesn't matter why they're out. They're still out. So, you know, Turbo was massive. Ryan Pappenhausen missed a lot of the year. Even uh, if people are in Latrell, he was out for about 10 weeks. So a lot of these probably top five draft picks were out for long periods. Yeah, throw in that as well, Nathan. Cleary suspension to end the year. Um, as you say there. So Travojevic, Cleary, Pappenhausen. James Tedesco, probably the only one that has lasted the whole season from that top four or top five draft list. Then you have Luttrell, who was out, as you say. And pick six in many leagues would have been David Fafita, who has failed to live up to his 2021 hype. I think he scored 17 tries last year. Nowhere near that this year. So is that a flop? Maybe. Um, but looking at some of these mid-range options as well, I mean, we even spoke up Wade Graham to start the year. I think he's averaged about 30. Yeah, I guess we've just got on the wrong horse there. Uh, Blake Taff was another one who I was quite keen on. I got him in at one stage, and he's, he's did nothing, really. He's not even making the team now. Uh, ben Jaboyevich has been a constant burden in a lot of people's teams. I want to throw one more name out there, Sifa Talakai. Now, it might, oh, be harsh yes. to call him a, it might be harsh to call him a flop, though, because preseason, we didn't think he would do anything. Then he had two massive scores, which put everyone got everyone really excited, but... You know, ever since then, I don't think he's got above 40 or 50, and it's been a tough hold, unfortunately. Yeah, he certainly did us all dirty. Another one I want to throw up, James Schiller, potentially as well. <laughs> um, we were all shocked. I remember that Teamless Tuesday, round one. We saw Jay Schiller, 175K, whatever he was. Our eyes lit up, and the next week he was gone. So another one that really did us dirty this year. But I want to focus on the positives now. Let's move into it. Ten awards to get through tonight. The same ten that we dished out this time last year. 
I'm going to start with the cheapie of the year. Now, we threw this up on the Instagram. As I say, there were four leading contenders in this. Uh, and obviously, Taylor May was one from the Penrith Panthers. Max King of the Bulldogs. Um, who else do we have? Joseph Suwali of the Sydney Roosters, of course. And Will Pinasini from the Parramatta Reels. And a pretty convincing win, this one, in the end. Yeah, I think it was somewhat predictable. Uh, Taylor May, 57% of voters went with him and... You know, he burst into the scene, really, once he, he locked down that left-wing spot. Uh, him and Tago were just awesome on that left-hand side, benefiting from Luai's ball play. Uh, 106 in his first game, and then he just kept going on from there. Uh, 64 average for the year. So, yeah, that's it's a great season for him. He started so cheap. I think he, as you say there, debuted with 106. Then I think it was scores of like 90 and 90 again. At one point, his break-even was minus 125. And at his peak, he made 290K. So if you were selling high, well done to you. If you didn't, no real harm done because his average 64 points per game over the course of the season proved himself a real um, keeper in the end, from cheapy to keeper. Notable shout though here as well. Suwali played a role around Origin, scored some points. Magic Round, he of course scored that great try leaping over the Eels winger. But Max King, probably the unsung hero, 180k I think he was to start the year, and still round 24, he's banging out scores of 60 plus. So very valuable at front row forward. Absolutely. Um, he's he's not someone I've had all season, but I just keep seeing him churn out scores. You know, like you said, there he's rock bottom price at the start of the year, and he's he's just done a job the whole way through. So he won't be uh he won't be as cheap next year. But people who got in this year, they would benefit from it. Notable omission may be Josh King. At certain points, he was doing jobs for many super coaches. Anyway, minutes reduced, scores went down. But if you were selling high on Josh King, another one that would have rated a mention there. Surprise of the year, our next award. Now, the contenders here, Joey Tarpanay, Sean Lane, Dylan Brown, or Ruben Cotter. This one much closer than maybe I anticipated. Sean Lane, he would have never have come up in a supercoach conversation in his life. Um, but here he is, surprise packet of the year potentially, or is he not? He's come third in the running. Uh, Tarpanay has won out 38%, just ahead of Cotter at 33 uh, Lane tw- uh, 23 and then Dylan Brown at 7% but I think all four names were, were great value this year. Uh, Tarpanay though, I definitely think he deserves the win uh, pre-season we struggled to find anyone really to talk about for the Raiders as we've said a few times but he really uh, put his name forward as arguably the best forward in the comp and on Supercoach, you know, averaging probably in the last uh, probably half the season at least over 70 so just massive yeah. from him and Ruben Cotter, another one. I think next year he'll be one of the first people picked for a lot of teams. Joey Tarpane, career best super coach year. I said earlier in the podcast, he's shown potential in different stages. 2018, 2020 spring to mind, but um, 67 points per game average this year and 11 scores higher than 70. So your front rowers are banging out those numbers. I mean, it's just immaculate. So it uh, sets your team rather on the right note from the get-go. <coughs> Excuse me. Choking on this one because I couldn't believe uh, this when I saw it yesterday. Now, it hasn't finished the way that it was at that stage, but fullback of the year, four leading contenders here. Now, just to preface this as well, why haven't we put Nico Hines at fullback here? Well, he hasn't played a lot of fullback this year. He has played there, but again, with a lot of these dual position players, I've gone at those who have primarily played in that position. So when we get to halfback, we may mention Nico Hines. Fullback. Tedesco, Gutherson, Edwards, or Mitchell? Mitchell's played only, what, half the season? But he went very close here. He did, 39%, but Tedesco takes it out with 44%. Um, I guess, I don't think we've spoken about Tedesco that much this year compared to previous seasons, yet he's still judged by the fans, you know, the fullback of the year. I think a big factor to take into consideration here is obviously injuries to Paps and Turbo. who yeah. would have been, you know, the first two fullbacks chosen in most teams, but... Teddy's still done a great job, uh, 91 points per game since Origin, and he's a big part of why the Roosters have won seven straight. Now, I said to you, I think it was uh, towards the start of the season, you can't play Supercoach without James Tedesco in your team. I think probably two weeks later he was gone, and I haven't had him since. But that's my own doing. Maybe that's why I'm ranked fucking 9,000. Tedesco, though, again, by no means his best supercoach year, but he's, he's still a fan favourite. He found form in that tricky... It was an awkward period, wasn't it, from about round 7 to 12. 
it was that we juggled do we trade him in before origin do we not as you say there, on the other side of Rep 40, is average of 91. And maybe if we had this poll middle of the season, Tedesco wouldn't have won it. But because it is at the back end of the year, when it's you know fresh in everyone's mind, his recent form, um, he has come over Latrell Mitchell, who I will say, if he plays the full season Latrell, maybe it is a different result. Oh, yeah, I think Latrell wins if he plays more games. But I think that's a big reason why Teddy has won this poll, because he's been ever-present. I don't think he's missed many games at all. Mm. All the other fullback options have missed large chunks of the season. So... Teddy's done a great job for super coaches. You've got to take into account that longevity as well, don't you? Um, when you're picking your draft teams and such for next year. So maybe Turbo won't be pick one. Um, Teddy maybe slipped to four or five in leagues this year. He may be pick two, three. So keep an eye on that next year. Before that, though, center wing of the year, the next position here, the nominees. Taylor May, of course, already has that uh, cheapy mantle um, to his name, but center of the wing potentially. Joey Manu, Ruben Garrick, or Alex Johnston. A bit of a landslide result, this one. Joey Manu, 68%, which probably a little bit harsh to Alex Johnston, who, again, continues to surprise us. He does, but I think I think myself and players love the way Manu just kind of makes his own score. He gets so involved. He touches the ball so often, and some of those games where he's playing fullback at 5'8 this year, you know, he's putting up huge scores. I think he went... 150 odd at one stage of the year in one of the games I can't remember but he he has been awesome and you've asked me here in the notes you know must have for 2023 and I think he probably is you know I think he's going to get more involved as he continues to play for the Roosters Teddy will get a little bit older I think Manu will continue to get a lot of ball and put up some massive scores you mentioned Munster's low floor you know your 20s your 30s Manu does have that in him now, it's the other side, isn't it? When he's playing fullback or he's playing 5'8", I think he scored 180 against the Dragons, was it? It was a massive score, whatever it was. Um, you do have to take the good with the bad, don't you, with Joey Manu? His dual position, I think he keeps that next year. So, I mean, that is a big, big plus for Manu, whereas some of these other dual position players will lose that next year. Joey Manu, I think he's going to be in a lot of teams. Maybe not from round one, but come round four or five next year, um, he will be a mainstay. Yeah, for sure. Probably some other notable mentions. Uh, Val Holmes in the last few weeks has been pretty good. Maybe not that consistent over the, the course of the season. Uh, any others that spring to mind here? Left field, but Adam Dewey. If he plays the full year, dual position eligible, goal kicking. The Tigers would have been a better team if he was there the whole year. Center wing, I don't think he keeps that next year. Maybe he did play a few games at center um, upon his return from that ACL. If he's in the centres next year, round one fit, he'll get in at a cut price, and I think he's nearly, I don't know if he's a must-have, but he's certainly going to be in the conversation for centre-wing options to start 2023. Yeah, and I think almost playing for a, a team devoid of much talent like the Tigers <laughs> makes him more attractive option because everything will go through him. So yeah, I do agree. Uh, definitely want to set your sights on for next year. Speaking of teams devoid of talent, the Bulldogs, um, they they come up here and they rate a mention courtesy of Matt Burton, 5-8th of the year nominee, alongside some of the big guns that we consistently seem to talk about here. Cameron Munster, Cody Walker, and again, one of the surprise packets, the young gun. He started to deliver on some of that height, which he's shown in recent times. Dylan Brown, they're your four nominees for your 5-8th of the year. Yeah, four good nominees, but Munster, 67%. Uh, landslide victory here, and we spoke him up a lot pre-season. Now, his coach even spoke him up, Craig Bellamy, said he's a changed man, all the the, uh, the narrative, and it really came to fruition. He had a great season, a couple of low scores here and there, but some also some massive scores, especially against, I think it was the Warriors, a couple, was it the Titans? Whenever he played fullback a few weeks ago, he went absolutely huge. And I didn't own him, which really hurt. Yeah. So, yeah, he was great. And Dylan Brown coming in second at 24%. I think he's had a great year. And, you know, he was nominated for our surprise packet of the year. And he's been awesome, really. Surprise packet, indeed, because, I mean, we never really considered him. You and I, for the past two years in the preseason, we've had the 5'8 slot down to two, Munster or Walker. Certainly going to open up next year um, with the emergence of Dylan Brown and a couple of these other names as well. Munster, he's hovered around that 65, 75 point per game average his whole career to date. 
um, upwards of 80 points as it stands heading into round 25. So if you can finish on a high in that game against the Eels, coincidentally up against Brown, who comes second here, um, it's going to be a big way to finish off the year for Munster, who could get dual position status next year. So would you be tempted by Munster at the fullback slot next year, even though there's a host of guns there that can play number one? Yeah, massive. I, I think it's still a big benefit. Um, I don't know. It definitely just adds another reason to get him. I just want to talk about one more player in this slide. Uh, Cody Walker. Only yeah. 3% of uh, people who voted here went with Walker as the 5 eighth of the year. And, you know, at the start of the year, it was honestly a 50-50 split between him and Munster about you probably wanted both. They were, they were the two. But yeah. Munster gets 67%. Walker gets 3%. Walker could almost be one of the flops that we spoke about at the start of this segment. Definitely. And uh, just to wrap this up, just on Munster, I don't know if it helps his classic propositions, but if you have a 5 uh fullback in draft, that's a massive, massive uh, advantage. And maybe he does you know, lift from that pick 9 or 8 or potentially as low as 10 or 12 in some leagues as well, Munster. So keep an eye on that next year. Speaking of uh, good dual position players, what about this one? Nico Hines, talking of halfback of the year contenders, He's right amongst the thicker things. Nathan Cleary, Mitchell Moses for his back end uh, of year form, and Jerome Hughes. They're your four that we're going to talk about here. Um, but really, all things considered, there's only one winner. Yeah, no surprises here. Nico Hines, 71%. Uh, obviously, Cleary has been out a few times this year, injured and suspended, 22%. But still, Hines, even with Cleary fully fit, I think Hines was scoring better, to be honest. Uh, just so important to that Sharks team, touches the ball so often. And I think we were both really sceptical of him at the start of the season going from Melbourne to the Sharks in a new position. Yeah. But he's made us look a fool for sure. Definitely. Not the first time, won't be the last, that you and I look like fools. Um, just on uh, that, though, is Cleary a flop? Because he would have went, you know, pick one or pick two in draft leagues. He obviously wasn't there when it mattered most in draft finals. Um, he's cost us potentially two or three trades in Classic around Origin, getting him out, back in, then out again. 21% Nathan Cleary. I think that's well below where he would have rated otherwise. So 21%. He's, he's borderline flop for mine. Yeah, look, you make a case, especially given how many trades you've had to burn, getting him in and out of your team at various times and... I am surprised he's, you know, 21 22%, and Moses is only 4%. I think Moses has probably almost offered more to supercoaches this year than Cleary, really. Rightio, let's move this on to RF of the year, second row forward, of course. Isaiah Papali'i, Kaloa, is that his name? Keon Kaloa Matangi, let's get that right. Keon Kaloa Matangi, Angus Crichton, or that man Sean Lane. Again, pretty uh, convincing winner here. Yeah, it had to be IPAP. Uh, I guess he, he could have been 2RF or FRF, but he's played more in the 2RF slot. So he wins that. And like I think last year, we similar to Hines, you know, we didn't know if we could back up the big scoring this year, but he did that and probably went even better. Yeah, I, I mean, we had our doubts, didn't we, of whether we would go through the middle at different stages and obviously the Eels' front row rotation off the bench. It would have lended itself to that. And I think even at stages he may have played in, in the front row this year for the Eels, or certainly through the middle at lock. But as a second row option on an edge, he's just continued to build upon that combination be it with um, Moses or Arthur at different stages this year. He's scoring tries off kicks. He's running over people. He's sprinting from 30, 40 metres out. He's just a complete player. He is, and I'd never expected it really when he left the Warriors. I he didn't really do much there, but he's turned into, like in NRL terms, he's one of the best buys ever. They got him so cheap, and yeah. uh, I think they're losing him to the Tigers next year, which, how does that impact his play? Will he be as good on Supercoach? It remains to be seen. Has a bit of the Adam Blairs about it, doesn't it, that move? They buy a front row, second row forward at their career peak. I know Papali'i probably younger than uh, Blair was when he left the uh, Melbourne, I think it was at the time, but he was one of the form second rowers in the game. Um, he went to the Tigers and just, yeah, never delivered. So keep an eye on that, Isaiah Papali'i, next year at West. Front row forward of the year. Now, Papali'i obviously doesn't uh, get the start here, but the four nominees, Joey Tarpanay, Big Joe Offahengawai, he's potentially a surprise packet as well, Tino Fa'asul Maliawi, and David Klemmer. Well, this is our 
biggest victory of the night, 84%, Joe Tarpane. And wow. how do you make a case for anyone else, really? Um, he's just been... He won the surprise award, and you couldn't really see this coming. I mean, you said he had potential over the years, and he definitely has, but I never saw this level of work rate and base sort of stats in Supercoach from him until now. He's just in, in the, what's the word, the consistency of it too. You know, every week, week in, week out, 70 plus. He's the heart and soul of the Raiders team and he, you know, he's the heart and soul of most people's Supercoaches team as well. There was times where we sat here and we laughed and we poked fun at his missus for tweeting that he should have had more game time. Is she next in line <laughs> to be an NRL coach? Because she can see potential. She she should be there, uh, a scout or something, because she's hundred percent. But he wasn't really showing this form in Ricky's defence. Like he was a bit hit and miss. But you know, after this season, he he's firmly entrenched as one of the best players in the game. Really. Yeah, the Raiders are losing a couple of assistants, I think, to the Titans and Newcastle or the Dolphins. So. Um, Mrs. Tarpane may be getting a call up in the, the coach's box. No, Joey Tarpane, well done. Um, yeah, without doubt, the best front row forward option uh, to end the year and certainly throughout large parts of 2022. Let's move up to the hooker slot. Now, the last of the main positions here that we'll talk. Uh, four nominees here, Damian Cook, Api Coruscant, Harry Grant, and uh, our, our boy Robbo. He's um, doing good things. Reese Robson, of course. I'm a little bit surprised by this, Tommy. This result didn't go the way I thought it would. No, me neither. I probably voted differently here. In one of our most competitive categories, though, uh, Harry Grant wins out with 43% of the votes ahead of Cook at 26. Even Coruscant and Robson, not disgraced with 19% 12% respectively. But I might have gone Damien Cook personally. Yeah, I'm with you, I think. And maybe I'm biased because I held Cook the whole year and he was so good. But the numbers back it up, don't they? Because Cook has scored more points overall. That said, you can't doubt Harry Grant's ceiling. I think on average, Harry pips him. Um, And he's only going to be better next year, you'd think, because that whole conundrum of Brandon uh, getting minutes or pushing Grant or whatever it was, the half situation as well, I think, hurt um, Harry Grant at different stages this year. He played halfback one week. So once he locks down that number nine role consistently, I think he's going to be the best hooker to have um, from day one next year. Yeah, and I think the Storm have gone probably worse than people expected this year. You know, we had them as a top four lock, and they're only maybe going to make it. So many injuries, that hasn't helped Grant as well. But yeah, no Brandon Smith next year is a massive up, and Cook's getting on a little bit in age. So yeah, Grant... For the next few years, I think he'll be first picked at hooker for everybody. Now, we haven't spoken about this guy, Brandon Smith. Is he a flop? We should have probably spoken about him from the start because I think I went back last year and I looked at our hooker of the year, 2RF of the year, dual position player of the year. Brandon was you know, right in the thick of all of that. Again, I think the style of the, the game last year suited Brandon. But if he can get back to the Roosters and find some of that form, get a little bit fitter, he could be an option for us next year, even as a backup hooker. I went to go press on Brandon Smith's uh, profile on NRL Supercoach Stats, which is a great website. You should use it if you don't already. Uh, and I actually clicked on Billy Smith. Now, there's a flop. But uh, <laughs> Brandon Smith, wow. he is definitely a flop by the numbers. 68 average last year, down to 46. So averaging 22 less. Uh, it's a big drop off. And he scored so many tries last year, so I think that really boosted his numbers. Yeah, okay. We said we wanted to finish on a high. We've sort of just bagged out. That was a drive-by there, two-for-one. Billy and Brandon, um, the Smiths of the Roosters uh, as of 2023, copying a pasting from Tommy as we wind this up. Now, the dual position player of the year, you contend us here, your final four as it was, Nico Hines, Isaiah Papali'i, Joey Manu, and the first time we've mentioned him here, but Scott Drinkwater. Um, he did jobs at fullback and 5'8 for us. The other three, probably a class above, and that told in the voting here, but um, all of these winners or all of these nominees could have been winners, and it would have been very hard to argue. Yeah, worthy nominees for sure, but Hines wins out again. His second award of the night, 49%. And I think that's hard to argue with statistically. And also, I genuinely personally used him as a DPP. I used him fullback some weeks, I used him as halfback some weeks. Yeah. It was great to just be, move up and down where I wanted to put my captaincy. So for that purpose, I think he definitely deserves to win. Definitely. And I think, as you say there, we sort of took that into consideration when we put this together because 
I mean, some of these dual position players, like we've already spoken about, I think Joey Tarpane is one, um, Papa Lee Isaiah is another one. Sort of these Supercoach relevant players that we wanted to mention here that were actually used in, in the couple of positions. So, And obviously Manu at different stages for me personally did a job at fullback um, around Turbo's injury and such. So anyway, that's the way we've landed there. Nico Hines, he takes out the dual position player of the year. And as if we haven't said his name enough, the Supercoach 365 player of the year. Drum roll, please. Probably no shocks, but that man again, Nico Hines. Yeah, Nico Hines, uh, third award of the night. He's going to have his hands full getting home after this function. But um, no, he's done very well. Uh, we obviously, I wouldn't say we bagged him out pre-season at all. We were just kind of wary of him. Going from, you know, the best team in the comp over the last 20 years to the Sharks, playing halfback instead of fullback. There were so many factors to consider. But his average and his, his weekly scoring, his, his ceiling, it all speaks for itself. He's barely missed a game either. So absolutely a worthy winner of the player of the year i want to take you back to the 17th of november 2021 in our 2022 recruit series nico hines we had him at the projected draft pick of 40th to 50th so round five pick this is what we said nico hines announced himself as an out and out star this season uh, of course speaking of uh, 2021 Played the fullback role in the absence of Pappenhausen, but he arrives at Cronulla with a huge question to answer. Can he lead the Sharks' playmaking week in, week out? Will he goal kick because it made up almost 20% of his output last year? Didn't he leave us with egg on our faces after that? Hindsight is 2020, mate, isn't it? Yeah. No, look, he's answered all the questions... And I don't see it changing for the next few years. You know, his goal kicking's got better as well, which, like you said, there is a big part of his uh his output. So yeah, Hines and next year he's probably my draft pick number one next year. To be honest, Nico Hines draft pick number one. Look, I'm, I said I'd die on the Ryan Bappenhausen hill. I may still yet, but no, Nico Hines is um he's making a very good case for that. And even still, looking back on this year and, and back in rugby league circles, could he win a Dally M? I mean, why not? Why not Nico Hines? Ben Hunt maybe pips him, but I mean, you look at those other big names that all missed a whole chunk of footy. Nico Hines was always there as well. So Hunt or Hines potentially for Dally M in a couple of weeks' time. Yeah, it's two names we probably would have been. I don't think we bet on Dally M's anymore, but geez, they would have been hundreds, both of them, uh, especially Ben Hunt. But yeah, I don't know who wins that. I mean, Nico maybe has had the more eye-catching season, but Ben Hunt's been great for the Dragons. All right, Tommy, that wraps us up. We will recap all of these awards as such on our Instagram at Supercoach365. Uh, We will get into our captain's call one last time uh, on Wednesday as you listen to this. We'll put up our final teams for the final week as well. Uh, Before we wrap it up, though, I just want to say a big thanks to everyone who's got involved in the listener questions. Um, They've DM'd us at different stages of the year because without you, we just simply don't do this. Um, So big thank you to you and a big thank you to everyone who's got involved and kept us going at different stages at the year when things maybe, (laughs) I mean, you see those red arrows on a Monday. It is hard to get up for a podcast on a Tuesday. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's great getting, I guess, feedback from our fans, a lot of regular listeners who always ask questions, so a th- big thank you to those guys especially, and obviously thank you to our sponsors, Top Sport and even Top Tippers, and who, who, those who are putting the tips in still and up the top of the classic comp, definitely reach out to us and, and claim your prize. And good on those who shave their balls with Manscaped at the start of the year as well. Probably due for a trim up as well, heading into the finals. No better time to get around that. Tommy, big thanks to you as well. Big thanks to listeners, as we say there. Now, two massive results. One last time, please. Put everything. You cross your fingers, toes for the eels and... Not the eels. The storm. Not the eels. The storm and the roosters. Look forward to that. Thursday night footy, that's where we kick it off. We might be a little bit richer come Friday. No, beer's on us. Supercoach 365 Podcast. We'll talk to you soon. 
Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at UH1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.